Welcome to another episode of NBA 2010s. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the top 10 championship teams of the decade and the 10 teams that I saw that didn't win a championship that I want to include and highlight because only one team every year can win an NBA championship. But there are plenty of elite teams that get forgotten or underappreciated just because they didn't achieve the ultimate goal. I want to, in this episode, highlight both so you guys can understand all the top teams in this time period, in my opinion. We're going to rank them by a bunch of different aspects. We're going to talk about the key players of each team. We're going to talk about the statistics of the teams, what they did in the playoff run, and then kind of breaking down why I had a certain team above or below the other. So let's get it started. At number 10, we have, and I know this is going to be very, very controversial throughout the entire list, but here we go. We're going to try to break it down as best we can. At number 10, we have the 2011 Dallas Mavericks, and the key players on this team are Dirk Nowitzki, Jason Kidd, Jason Terry, Tyson Chandler, and Sean Marion. You had multiple Hall of Famers in there. You had a Defensive Player of the Year, former Defensive Player of the Year, center in the middle. You had guy Jason Terry who's filling it up in terms of threes off the bench. And then Sean married a very versatile Swiss Army Knife type of player. And team stats, this team was ranked eighth in offensive rating, eighth in defensive rating, and eighth in overall net rating. And when we look at the Dallas Mavericks team from 2011, we're really talking about their historic playoff run as opposed to how great the team was. The team was very, very great. Don't get me wrong. All of these championship teams are, but they weren't as great as some of these teams above the list, in my opinion, but their playoff run, I'll put their playoff run above, honestly, every team on this list. When you talk about how difficult it was and how impressive it was for this group and what they accomplished. So they went 57-25 and 25 this year. They beat Brandon Roy and the Portland Trailblazers four games to two in the first round of the playoffs. They swept Kobe Bryant's Lakers coming off of back-to-back NBA championships. They swept Kobe's Lakers in the second round. They beat Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and the Oklahoma City Thunder 4-1 in the Western Conference Finals before taking down LeBron James and the Miami Heat Super Team four games to two in the NBA Finals. This was the infamous LeBron James meltdown series in the 2011 Finals. He significantly underperformed, and Dallas took full advantage of that. Dirk Nowitzki was excellent the entire playoff run. Their defense was pretty stifling, and they had some very good coverages on LeBron and other guys to make them a little bit more uncomfortable. But just look at that entire run, proving that it wasn't a fluke. They beat multiple great teams to win the NBA championship. In my opinion, the top-end talent of this group just simply doesn't compare to some of these other teams. You know, we're talking about the best of the best championship teams in this decade. All these teams are going to be loaded with superstar power. Uh, However, Dallas had some very, very solid role players. They had a very complete team. They were selfless. They bought in. And that's what I really like about this Dallas Mavericks team. But I think them winning the championship ultimately, although I'm saying it's not a fluke, they deserved and earned their championship. Obviously, luck plays into every single championship and they were very fortunate and a lot because of their own doing but to have a superstar caliber player the level of LeBron James significantly underperform that much in the NBA finals that's really what it comes down to of why you're ultimately able to win that championship and when we look back on the 2011 finals it's more so an indictment on LeBron James and how he performed uh, rather than saying oh, Dallas caused him to be this poor. Like, LeBron should not be playing that poorly regardless of who is guarding him, what kind of defensive attention is on him. So 
Uh, I would say that the Dallas Mavericks fall 10th on this list. I just think the nine teams above them are a little bit better. We go to number nine now, the 2019 Toronto Raptors. This team had Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, Serge Ibaka, and Marcus Gasol. This was a defensive team. This team ranked fifth in offensive rating and fifth in defensive rating, third in overall net rating. Excuse me. Basically, what net rating is, if you guys don't know, it basically is per 100 possessions. Like, how how is your team looking on both ends of the floor? How many points per game? You know, or is your differential between how many points you're scoring offensively and then defensively? How many points are you giving up? So, throughout this playoff run, they were 58 and 24. They beat the Magic four games to one in the first round. They beat Embiid. And the Sixers, four games to three on a Kawhi Leonard series-ending shot. Very lucky shot. Bounced multiple times on the rim before going down, but still impressive nonetheless. They beat Giannis and the Bucks four games to two in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then they beat Curry in an injury-riddled Golden State team four games to two in the NBA Finals. That's still a very loaded team. You know, you got Steph and Draymond out there, but you had guys like Alfonso McKinney in the starting lineup. You had Quinn Cook getting big-time minutes like, this Warriors team was very depleted, and we know the Raptors were elite on both ends of the floor. They had some really good to great point-of-attack defenders. They had stellar rim protection, great depth, and, and very talented overall. They needed Kawhi Leonard to put them over the top. They got a superstar of his caliber to get it done because DeMar DeRozan could get it done in the past. But admittedly, they did have a lot of luck, and I believe that this team, talent-wise, doesn't really stack up to some of the team's Above it, uh, I would take Kawhi over Dirk as my best player, and I think the team around him was better, so I, that's why I have the Raptors over the Mavericks. However, I don't believe the Raptors even win this championship, and again, I can say this about some championships. We'll get to it in a bit. If you don't think it's fair, it is what it is, but you had Kevin Durant get injured. He missed most of the series. You had Klay Thompson get injured, missed multiple games, including a pivotal injury in game six where he was balling out he was getting buckets he was scorching hot before he got injured and he was done for the season and obviously clay didn't play like two years after that so if they don't have even one of those guys go down i think the golden state warriors have a great chance to win that series um but it is what it is no team's really expected to beat that stacked golden state warriors team at full strength we'll get into those guys a bit later so that's why the Raptors come in at number nine on my list. Number eight, the 2015 Golden State Warriors. This was pre-Kevin Durant. This is a team with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, Harrison Barnes, Andrew Bogut, and Sean Livingston. They were second in offensive rating, first in defensive rating, and first in net rating. So this was quite literally the best team in basketball, basically on both ends of the floor. Second in offensive rating, but if you watch the team, well-oiled machine. You had the two greatest shooters in the history of the game. You had such a free-flowing offense, and you had strength in numbers, which was their motto. They had great depth on this squad. Playoff run, they were 67-15 and this year. They swept AD and the Pelicans the first round. They beat the Memphis Grizzlies 4-2 in round two. They beat Harden and the Rockets 4-1 in the conference finals, and they beat LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers 4-2 in the NBA finals. But however, we all know this year, you had no Kyrie Irving and no Kevin Love in the NBA Finals. You had Kyrie basically play most of game one and then get injured. That game ended up going to overtime. 
then you had no Kevin Love for the entirety of the series. Those are the second and third best players on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Those guys are both at least stars, and in the case of Kyrie, a superstar. So that's going to definitely significantly change the outcome of the series. Um, but regardless, Golden State is such a great team still, and that's why they're number eight on my list. Steph Curry is far better than anybody I'm not going to say, I mean, Kawhi, I don't want to disrespect Kawhi that much, but yeah, let's be real. He is significantly better than Kawhi Leonard. He's better than Dirk Nowitzki for sure. And the Warriors as a whole were a more complete, just better team overall. Number seven, you have the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers. And this was the team that came back from down 3-1 against a 73-9 Golden State Warriors team in the NBA Finals. They have LeBron James, obviously. They have Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love. J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson, those were their key players. Third in offensive rating, 10th in defensive rating, 4th in net rating. Their defense definitely wasn't as strong as it could have been, especially in the regular season, but they knew when to turn it on defensively. And in their playoff run, they went 57-25 and throughout the course of the regular season. They swept the Pistons. They swept the Hawks. They beat DeRozan and the Raptors four games to two in the conference finals. And then, like I said, they came back from down 3-1. Against a 73-9 Golden State Warriors team, but they really submitted their legacy. You can say the Draymond Green suspension for Game 5 could have affected the series significantly in the NBA Finals, but he did play Game 6 and he played Game 7. Both games with the Cleveland Cavaliers were able to win. LeBron James and Kyrie Irving side-by-side took over in those NBA Finals. Kyrie Irving hits the dagger shot, but LeBron James puts up ridiculous overall numbers not just scoring overall numbers and then he had the big time chase down block on Andre Iguodala that kind of sealed the deal so phenomenal duo matching up against the Golden State Warriors Kyrie has been able to outplay Stephen Curry at least in the 2016 finals and he really has the ability to play his outplay his matchup at any point in time LeBron James is going to be the best player on the floor Cavs weren't as deep or complete as Golden State from top to bottom, but I'm going to give the advantage to their top-end talent that allowed them to be a much-improved version of Golden State from what they were in 2015. So if we're saying the 2015 version of the Golden State Warriors, I'm going to take the Cleveland Cavaliers over that version. So that's why they come in at number seven. Number six, we have the 2010 Los Angeles Lakers. This team featured Kobe Bryant, Pau Gasol, Ron Artest, Lamar Odom, Andrew Bynum, and Derek Fisher. And they were 11th in offensive rating, 4th in defensive rating, and 7th in overall net rating. They went 57-25 this year. They beat KD's Thunder four games to two. They swept the Utah Jazz, led by Deron Williams. And then they beat Steve Nash and the Phoenix Suns four games to two in the conference finals before going on to beat a super team in Boston with Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce, four games to three in the NBA Finals, a legendary final series, especially Game 7, a low-scoring game, a lot of people struggling with efficiency. Kobe Bryant finds Ron Artest for the big-time three that seals the deal. And, man, what a great team from top to bottom, well-coached by Phil Jackson, and having the superstar power of a Kobe Bryant. Pau Gasol being an underrated player when we look back on history, he really was a big-time impactful piece. That team was very, very complete. They were well-structured. That's why I'm going to give them the number six spot. I do think they would be able to beat any of the teams behind them on the list. Number five, we have the 2012 Miami Heat. And the Miami Heat were led by LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Mario Chalmers, and Shane Battier. 
This was the year after the 2011 meltdown in the finals. They were eighth in offensive rating, fourth in defensive rating, and fourth in overall net rating. This was a shortened season this year. They were 46 and 20. They beat Melo and the Knicks in the first round. They beat Paul George and the Indiana Pacers in round two. And then they beat the Celtics super team four games to three. Iconic moment for LeBron James in game six. Down 3-2 with it back against his wall. Against the wall, excuse me, he went off for arguably the best game of his NBA career. Uh, and then they turned around and they beat KD, Westbrook, Harden, and a young OKC team four games to one in the NBA Finals. This is the lesser version of the Miami Heat. You know, there are going to be multiple Miami Heat teams on this list with this big three. But in 2012, they were just kind of figuring it out after the 2011 meltdown. They had a lot of talent, but they still hadn't put all the pieces together. They hadn't solidified their bench even more, which they would do the next season. But still a very, very great team. And that's why they come in at the top five at number five. And really the first super team that we have listed. Number four now, Golden State Warriors of 2018. So this is now when they added Kevin Durant. This is the second year of Kevin Durant and Stephen Curry being a teammate duo. They're one of the best duos uh, overall offensive-wise in the history of the game. And they're adding <laughs> Kevin Durant to a team that went 73-9. and This is two years after that. They were third in offensive rating, 11th in defensive rating, third in overall net rating. They were much more capable on the defensive end, but they kind of slacked defensively compared to their potential, how good they could have been on this end. They kind of felt comfortable. They already won a championship and whatnot. They were kind of coasting through the regular season for the most part. 58-24, and 24, they beat the Spurs in the first round, four games to one. Beat the Pelicans in round two, four games to one. And then they were pushed to the brink by James Harden, Chris Paul, and the Houston Rockets. Chris Paul actually gets injured in that series with the Rockets up three games to two. Harden and company can't close it out. They infamously missed 27 straight three-pointers and lose and choke that series away. Otherwise, the Rockets could have pulled it off that year. But Golden State, they were still the better team. They were the best team in the NBA. And then when it came against LeBron and the solo squad Cavs with no Kyrie Irving in the picture, they swept those boys, got them out of there real quick. But this Golden State team, there's just something a little bit off with them in comparison to their previous year. I just don't think they tried as much or cared as much. There seemed to be internally some things were, were kind of different. I think at this point in time, KD was expecting after the way he played in 2017 to be considered the best player on the planet. And people weren't really calling him that. So that was an interesting dynamic. Uh, and I don't know. It's just it wasn't quite as strong as a 2017 group, but still an elite team, obviously. Look at all the talent that they had on that roster. That's why it comes in at number four on my list. Number three, I got the 2014 San Antonio Spurs. And this is Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, Kawhi Leonard, and Patty Mills on this squad. Very stacked, loaded team. They were seventh in offensive rating, third in defensive rating, and first in overall net rating. They won 62 games, 62 and 20. They beat the Mavericks in the first round, four games to three. They beat the Blazers in round two, four games to one. And then they defeated KD and OKC, four games to two in the Western Conference Finals before dispatching the Miami Heat team very quickly, four games to one in the NBA Finals. Some interesting things to note in this series, Dwayne Wade was very hobbled. He had one of the worst playoff series of his career. 
He was having nagging knee injuries, and he just was not the same player. And so with that out of the way, and really Kawhi Leonard and company doing a very good job on LeBron James defensively, making him struggle to be as efficient as he usually is in certain spots, uh, they were able to make quick work of the Miami Heat. They were shooting the lights off from distance. Patty Mills was huge for them off the bench. This is a team that you didn't really have a super team. You didn't really have a true superstar at this point on the roster, but you had very, very high-level players, high IQ players. You had depth. You had the greatest coach of this generation, at least this decade, and Greg Popovich. It was just a very complete, well-oiled machine. That's why the San Antonio Spurs come in at number three on this list. Number two, we have the 2013 Miami Heat, the best version of the Miami Heat after LeBron James won his first NBA championship. He was feeling himself. He came out the next year and was first team all defense, second in defensive player of the year, should have won the defensive player of the year, in my opinion. And he also won the MVP, just a monster on both ends of the floor, an elite distance shooter. And then you had Dwayne Wade still in his prime. You had Chris Bosh in his prime. You had Ray Allen past his prime, but coming in to play a complimentary role in which he was very key. He hit the big time clutch shot to save the Heat in game six to force a game seven in which LeBron James took over a big time clutch shot against the San Antonio Spurs the first time before they came back to get their revenge in 2014. But this squad was second in offensive rating, ninth in defensive rating, and second in overall net rating. They won 66 games this year, 66 and 16. They swept the Bucks in the first round. They won 4-1 against Derrick Rose and the Chicago Bulls in round two. Actually, Derrick Rose might have been hurt this year. I can't even remember, but 4-1 against the Chicago Bulls, 4-3 against the Pacers in the conference finals, and then four games of three in the NBA finals against the San Antonio Spurs. So some competitive series is at the end. But at the end of the day, this Miami Heat team was too strong, too elite, both ends of the floor. And that is why they come in at number two on my list. But I can't put them at number one because the best team of the 2010s decade is the 2017 Golden State Warriors. Come on, these guys blitzed the NBA playoffs. And they had the most talented roster. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala. The team that won 73 games set the record for most wins in a season, added Kevin Durant, a superstar, the best scorer in the league, the very next season. And he was efficient. He was able to fit and buy into this team on both ends of the floor. They elevated his level of productivity, and it was just a completely well-oiled machine. Steve Kerr did a great job with this group. They were first in offensive rating, second in defensive rating, and first in overall net rating. They went 16-1 and throughout the NBA playoffs, sweeping the first three rounds, 4-0 versus Portland, 4-0 versus Utah, 4-0 versus San Antonio. They won 67 games this year, 67-15, and because they weren't trying to win more than 73 games. There's no need to do that. They could have some rest in there. They could get their guys ready to go for the playoffs, because that's where it really matters. The Cavs were the one team that were able to get a game off of them. They had a ridiculously hot shooting performance. And you have Kevin Durant, or excuse me, you have LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. So you're bound to have a chance to get at least a game. And that's what they were able to do. But they were just no match for how stacked the Golden State Warriors were on the other side of the ball. Kevin Durant absolutely balled out in those NBA finals. Steph Curry out-rebounded the Cleveland Cavaliers starting center. This is a 6-3 point guard we're talking about. Out-rebounding the starting center. Almost averaged a triple-double for the final series. 
ridiculous stuff from the Golden State Warriors. When we look at the list as a whole, we got number one, the 2017 Golden State Warriors. Number two, the Miami Heat from 2013. Number three, the San Antonio Spurs from 2014. Number four, the 2018 Golden State Warriors. Number five, the 2012 Miami Heat. Number six, the 2010 Lakers. Number seven, the 2016 Cavs. Number eight, the 2015 Warriors. Number nine, the 2019 Raptors. And then number 10, the 2011 Dallas Mavericks. So now we're going to quickly highlight some of the teams that did not win an NBA championship, but were still really, really good and should be recognized for how great they were. 2019 Golden State Warriors, talked on that before. Kevin Durant gets hurt. Klay Thompson gets hurt. Could have won a championship if not for that. 2016 Warriors, 73-9. and nine. Steph Curry, the first unanimous MVP in the history of the game. 2010 Boston Celtics, they came just short of knocking off Kobe Bryant and the Lakers again, but that team was still stacked. They still had the big three intact. And Kendrick Perkins was in the middle, providing them with some good defense. He actually got hurt. He couldn't play game seven, but Celtics fans say that could have made a pretty significant difference in the series. 2011 and 2014 Miami Heat, obviously, with Dwayne Wade's knees in 2014, and then 2011 LeBron James meltdown. And in 2018, you had the Houston Rockets, the team with CP3 and James Harden that came very, very close to winning a championship or at least beating the Golden State Warriors and going to the finals, beating the team I had uh, in my top five in terms of best teams of the decade. So they came very, very close to that. They had the one seed that year. So very, very high-level team. James Harden won MVP. 2017 Cleveland Cavaliers. That's the year after the 2016 finals. Some argue that team was even better, but, you know, they had to play against a Warriors team that added Kevin Durant. So not so much you could do there. And then 2013 San Antonio Spurs, the team that could have won a championship potentially if Ray Allen didn't hit a big-time clutch shot in the corner off of Chris Bosh offensive rebound. And then you wrap it up with the 2012 Oklahoma City Thunder. This was the baby Thunder, as some people call them, but they still had Kevin Durant, who was playing at an elite superstar level. You still had Russell Westbrook. You had James Harden, who was the sixth man of the year at that time. Uh, He was still a very, very talented player, but just the whole dynamic of everything. You had so many guys that could thrive with the ball in their hands. They wanted a little bit more defense in the starting lineup, so they went with Thabo Stefalosha, but... James Harden was more than capable of being a starter and a key impact piece at that time. So a lot of great teams throughout the 2010s decade. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. I'm out. Peace.